0: A brief disclaimer and word of listener discretion. In this episode, our guest, Mark Wilkinson, and I, Adam, discuss some sensitive topics such as bullying, mental health, and suicide. Some listeners may find these topics uncomfortable, distressing, or triggering. Neither Mark nor I are qualified to provide any kind of health or mental health counseling, nor do we do so in this podcast episode. If you, or someone you know, are or may be experiencing bullying, a mental health crisis or any other type of violence or abuse no matter your age please reach out to a friend family member other trusted person or healthcare provider for support and assistance you may also be able to call a toll-free crisis hotline where you live thank you take good care and be well welcome back to the thoughts and found podcast with adam and danielle mckenzie in this show we talk about the space between what we think and what we discover along the way of all the different things we encounter in life. We're glad to have you with us here again today. And we're also glad to welcome back Dr. Mark Wilkinson, who's back with our fifth episode in our human opera series uh, that we are doing. Mark and I have had a wonderful set of conversations so far covering everything from life philosophy to the performing arts, to academics, to teaching, to exercise, to voice health, in which he is an expert by the way. Mark is a an instructor, he's a teacher, he's an academic, he's an athlete, he's a performer across a variety of various arts. He's just an incredibly insightful human being. And uh, Mark, we are so glad to have you back with us here again today. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank you, always happy to be here. That's wonderful, that's
0: wonderful. Let's just jump right in here today, Mark. Um, I know you've all you said you're all set to go. You're in some comfy fall clothes. You got your uh, your for our listeners. You got your your comfy hat on. You got your comfy sweatshirt on.
1: Yes, if our listeners are are watching this in video <laughs> form, they'll see the more comfortable Doctor Mark today in in a comfy shirt and a hat. Because sometimes you just need a comfy shirt and a hat. And by sometimes I mean most of the time.
0: <laughs> Well, and it's it's the fall season now here in in beautiful Ontario, Canada, and uh, t- temperatures are getting cooler. Colors are getting mm-hmm. brighter outside. Mm-hmm. The rain starting to arrive a little more frequently.
1: Absolutely. So I welcome any and all comfy clothes that people need these days.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm uh, I'm joining you here in my uh, my buffalo check plaid shirt today too, because it just goes well with the weather today. Perfect. <laughs> We, uh, in our last episode, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, and how all the different ways you can apply that to your life, to performing, to business, all kinds of different areas. And we finished off talking about um, how we respond to things, again, in in life, in performance, um, particularly when things, you know, don't, don't go the, the way of the 8020 rule you know it gets unbalanced oh, that was an ideal balance uh, but it, it might not always work out we're presented with different obstacles and challenges or exciting opportunities fun things and how do you how do you decide what to do how do you balance that um it's got a lot of that that conversation has a lot of um connections to stoicism which you and I have also talked a lot about um you know Marcus Aurelius famously wrote that uh, you can't control what happens all you can control is is how you respond to those things mm-hmm. and similarly um the famous uh holocaust survivor and uh psychologist and psychotherapist victor frankl uh he wrote a lot about um the fact that he believed there's a space between a stimulus and a response mm-hmm. and and in that space is where we have the power to make a choice again talking about how to respond and I find these these threads of of common ideas really fascinating, so I think it's great that uh, where we left off last time, you wanted to talk about how we respond to things. Mm-hmm. So let's let's chat about that
1: today. I was thinking about this yesterday. Clearly, I knew I was getting ready for a podcast, and I was thinking about the fact that when it comes to eighty twenty, I would aspire to offer to myself, to you, and anyone listening. To welcome into our hearts the idea that life is a constant, delicate balance between action and reaction.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that when someone, as I like to say, presses my buttons, they're my buttons. Mm -hmm. That's the interesting thing about them, is they're my buttons. And depending on the level of comfort, how much you know someone, the experience you've had with them, they're going to be more or less aware of those buttons, right? And so if your spouse, a close friend, a family member seems to actively be pushing your buttons when they know that they're there, then there's a conversation where it may be a little bit 50-50 where you need to recognize that they're your buttons, but also maybe someone close to you doesn't need to be seemingly so actively pushing your buttons. Mm -hmm whereas a barista at a coffee shop that i've never met before has absolutely no idea Mm -hmm. if they're pushing my buttons and i like the analogy of pushing my buttons it sounds a little dramatic but i just mean that it's helpful to me to remind myself that they're my buttons Mm -hmm. and so with my level of comfort with someone with how well they know me, if they know that those buttons are there, then there may be a little bit more reciprocity. There may be a little bit more of a 50-50 thing going on there. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was thinking about this as I was about to go into a coffee shop, so it all sort of of came together for me. But it's been really, really helpful for me to remind myself that 80% of the time, and frankly, maybe even 90, 95% of the time, they're my, buttons and when I realized that this was years ago I I, I had this wonderful moment when I was 20 where my life kind of changed and we can talk about what happened there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it was around that time that I started to realize that things were my buttons and I cannot tell you how my life got easier smoother more peaceful more loving and it was just a really transformative watershed moment for me. It was a real tipping point for me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that actions don't occur, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we should absolve people of their actions all the time and just say, get over it. Because that's also not psychologically helpful, as you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are just terrible things that happened. Right? You even, you mentioned Viktor Frankl, you mentioned the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. No one should say, oh, well, the Jews should have checked their reaction. No, mm-hmm. Hitler was horrible, right? Mm-hmm. That action was awful, atrocious. Yeah, it, it was atrocious. atrocious. It was, it was one of the worst things we've ever witnessed in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And so that balance of action and reaction has to be taken into consideration. And I <laughs> find that we have moved through, you know, the industrialized world. At different times, we have highlighted reaction, and at different times, we have highlighted action. And in fact, coming out of World War II, when it was all about the actions of a horrible, horrible atrocity, right, Mm -hmm. we came out of that, and people really took on this sort of baby boomer-esque you work hard, don't complain. It's all about, you know, I don't want to hear your reactions to sadness because we just saved the world, you know? So this right. this yeah. idea of what mattered in life really changed. And then up until recently, we had this huge shift where it was all about the actions of others. And it was all about looking at what other people do and how that affects you. And my hope as we move through our lives in this industrialized world Is that we find that balance between yes not letting things get you down but also not putting up with mistreatment right and and that balance is something that we will always always be striking Mm -hmm. and it causes a lot of discomfort it causes a lot of conflict it causes a lot of disagreement and so for me I do land on the side that wherever possible I want to check my own reactions. I want to pay attention to do I need to respond? Do I need to take that personally? Do I need to get upset? And I do find that life, as I said, when I turned 20, and I kind of went on my own philosophical, spiritual journey, if you will, as they say. absolutely, yeah. I have found that, yeah, 80% of the time, if I just am strong and stoic in my own self, mm-hmm. the world is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the world wakes up and says, you know what, Mark Wilkinson, I've got it out for you today. I'm, I'm, one, I'm one of the eight billion people in the world. Yeah, right? we're coming I, up I you cannot today. be that selfish and narcissistic. I don't think the world cares that much about one person, you know, <laughs> with all due respect to myself. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I really do find that starting from a place of reaction is always good, mm-hmm. but as i think i mentioned in one of our previous podcasts when we were talking about our reactions where 24 hours later you think oh i had the best response to that right it's that yeah, same thing it yeah. doesn't mean that we should put up with mistreatment That's right. so that would be my first offering to you and to the listeners and to myself this morning mm-hmm. is to embrace the idea that there's this delicate balance of action and reaction that will constantly be swaying
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And we, we spoke ab- about this as well in the context of all the social media that happens. Um, where it's we're in a world where it's so easy to react and to, and to tip that balance scale really, really far, really, really quickly, perhaps in a direction you don't want it to go in. Yep. And uh, and it's also in that digital environment, it's really hard to put those proverbial genies back in a bottle too, because things can spread like wildfire online out there in the world. But that in itself, I think, should be a good reminder of what you just said to, to sometimes hold back and and think and reflect and try to maintain that balance of, is this a good time to react? If I'm going to, is it the way that I, I want to do it? Is it constructive? Is it healthy? Or is it gonna do harm? Where I, I might even be intending to do harm, but it might end up resulting in that. It's a, it's a great time to reflect on the nature of the balance uh, that you just spoke about.
1: It's sort of reminiscent of the idea in life saving. If mm-hmm. you're going to try and save someone's life, but it's going to put your life at risk. Are you really saving a life at that point, putting two mm-hmm. lives at risk? And that's that same idea. And I think that has a universal theme and a universal truth to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, I
0: find how easy it can be for us humans, to forget that. it's um, you know, we've talked a lot about these sort of um universal ideas. um we talked about, you know karma, what goes around, comes mm-hmm. around, and we've talked about a bunch of these. but we often, as people, forget about some of these really foundational elements to life that have been there throughout time and place, but we we forget those, like those big rocks. And I find that fascinating that we, we forget these things, and I mean it's just the busyness of day to day life. Um, we get, we all get caught up in our, our bills and our efforts and our dreams and wishes, and and we forget that. And so, I think it is important again um,
1: to try to reflect on how to keep those notions of balance top of mind. And as we said in one of the previous conversations we had, human beings like simple. Mm-hmm. They like one of two choices, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with the busyness of life, with the ego of the human being, it's often easier to just blame and look outwards. Mm-hmm. It's quick. It's facile. It's easy. It it provides, uh, you know. A doer and a victim you know it provides just an easy context to try to make sense of everything when as we know context is complex which was literally mm-hmm. the title of
0: one of, our, one of the shows, one <laughs> of yeah, the shows. Right?
1: Okay. and so it's easy for us to do that doesn't always mean it's wrong <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. always mean that there wasn't somebody doing something terrible mm-hmm. but it gets very addictive it gets very very addictive to always look outside of yourself because it's harder to put the mirror up to your own life yes that requires a level of introspection and humility that in this world where everybody is constantly trying to prove themselves and have a brand and curate their life and be an influencer and all of these things it it leads us down this sometimes narcissistic path Mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I i strive whenever possible to put the mirror up and and look look at myself first and you and i' have spoken about that you know uh,
0: the mirror check and but before you offer any particularly and I, I feel that before you offer any criticism out there to somebody or something in the world you got to do the mirror check and make sure you've got your own self in order <laughs> your own you know, you got to take care of your own proverbial home first um before you can criticize other people because it can have the the effect of, of pushing buttons that you don't mm-hmm. know that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can have the effect of of creating damage, creating pain. And else not 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 only that, but uh, you know, just making yourself look silly in the process too. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do as as individual, you run the risk of, of of looking foolish if you don't take that that moment to think and reflect and um See if this is
1: something you should be doing. And there's that old saying that I know you've heard of, where when you point a finger, there are three fingers pointing back.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. We, we, are, we are not all. We are not all perfect human beings. No, we're not. We're just not. And yet, I also, I appreciate the people who are out there calling out the bad behavior. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate that. That's mm-hmm. important too. That's twenty percent of the work as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. What can happen, especially when you are of the sort of political mind and and, and progressiveness that I do um, align with, is you can stop knowing the difference. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you are looking for the action, and you're always about the action, the action, the action, the action, you can stop noticing when it's actually your reaction. And so for me, this is about, this is about both. This is about saying that 80% of it for me is the reaction, but I don't want to absolve the atrocities. I don't want to absolve Mm -hmm. the bad actors of their behavior. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really important because speaking of Mm -hmm. a quick reaction, I know there are people who could listen to this and say, oh, so you're saying that it's just all about my reaction. Not necessarily. No. no not necessarily at all there are times as i said with that very extreme example where clearly there was a terrible atrocious regime going on Mm -hmm. so i'm not absolving anybody of their terrible behavior no it was realizing those years ago that so often how i respond will change my life and it did and so i strive every day to find the balance and to know the difference what's that old saying you know give me the strength to change what i can and let go of what i can't change you know and, and the wisdom to know the difference thank you because there that we go at the that one, the uh i forget what that's
0: called is that the um oh i'm gonna go down a, a little rabbit hole here it might be called the serenity prayer or the Seren- serenity I that, I Which I did
1: that. not yeah. quote properly, but I think most listeners will know what I'm talking about. I, I
0: think I think it is what, what what I can do, what I can't do, and the wisdom to know the difference. And again, Absolutely. there's there's
1: that that space in the middle to, for the for the balance and the reflection. And I fear that we, it's the wisdom part that we don't always remember. Mm-hmm. It, the, to know the difference, that that's what mm-hmm. I mean is is when we get locked in one where everything is action or everything is reaction, we can forget and we can. Be either too harsh or not harsh enough, at, at at calling out the side of the action and reaction that needs to be
2: discussed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and there's, there's also um, picking up on what you said a moment ago.
0: People need to call out the bad stuff. Yeah, and there's often a lot of times where the bad stuff is not called out enough, mm. and we've often reflected on why that is the case. Why mm-hmm. why don't more people call out the bad stuff? Um, and again, we, we we've talked lots about context. I think context plays a huge part of that. Um, we we sometimes assume, hey, it's bad. Someone should know about that. Well, they might not even be paying attention. Sometimes I mean, people are, you know, like you said, they're they're simple. They like simple. People like simple <laughs> notions, and it's and we went, sometimes people don't recognize things for for what it is until it gets to a certain point when it 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 tips the scale or it. it hits a threshold or a criteria before we say, wow, that's really something bad. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of thresholds fascinate me uh, because some people are much quicker or more adept at picking up something bad um, and and recognizing that something needs to be done and finding a way to do that than other people are. I, I just I just find it a fascinating trait. We've talked about it in the context of, like you said, being able to come up with a response to somebody when they throw something at you or or, mm-hmm. or do something hurtful or harmful. Oftentimes, you know, you you take you, you wish you had the thing to say right then and there. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that usually has that skill. I'm the one that, you know, comes up with oh, my, 24 hours later, I should have said that. I should have done this yep. instead. That's just me. Mm-hmm. So I, I admire when people have the skill set to be able to identify something and figure out a good way to a constructive way to respond to it in a timely manner and a constructive manner. I find it fascinating when people can do that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there are a lot of things in our day-to-day lives that impact us personally. And when we call those out, you, you mentioned earlier why some of the bad stuff isn't called out. I think it's because we can only sort of live our own life one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. And sometimes the things that are bad in our individual lives don't necessarily equate to what's bad at the larger structural level. Just
2: this so,
0: scale there that uh, sometimes it's easier to see the, the the really big bad stuff than it is yeah. to see the the smaller not so large bad
1: stuff but it might be happening all around you. And that's the thing and I I have noticed on social media when I can <laughs> bring myself to open social media up um, <laughs> is is that a lot of the legitimately little bad things get blown up into these big big bad stories while there are still people who don't have clean drinking water yeah you know what I mean exactly yeah we did speak about that Yeah, it's not that everything has to be comparative it doesn't mean that your struggle isn't real of course what happened to you is terrible and I hope that that doesn't happen to you again Mm -hmm. but I think that sometimes Our own individual struggles get highlighted so much as these massive, massive things that that's what takes us away from those more affecting and more broad sweeping bad things that are going on that to me, yes, admittedly are a little bit more of the priority than my one interaction with a you know barista having a bad day mm-hmm. <laughs> and we love to post a thread about how so- you know a thread on twitter about how someone was mean to us at a coffee shop and i get okay all right i'm sorry they were mean to you it, not cool to be mean we've all been mean to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> but not all of us have lived a life without clean drinking water or access to any water so yes, yes there is a moment where i do fear that we Create these big, 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 big deals out of what I call everyday human foibles. Right. Everyday yeah. human mistakes. Everyday humans not being able to be perfect to everyone around them all the time, which we yeah. know because we all say the phrase, we can't please everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that. But we're really bad at being on the receiving end of that. Yes. The mirror with the, looking at the mirror, the mirror to the mirror. Isn't that interesting? Yes, oh, I can't is. keep everybody happy. But the second someone doesn't keep me happy, then I post yeah. a viral th- thread about be nicer to each other, <laughs> right? Yes. So it's just, it's an interesting um, blind spot, I'll call mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. that we have as humans. And and it's because unfortunately, we do have some selfish tendencies as human beings. Um, mm-hmm. I I fear that sometimes the reason, the big, big, bad stuff isn't being talked about enough is because we're forgetting to zoom out a little bit. We're forgetting mm-hmm. to get out of our own perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I'm not absolving anyone at that coffee shop of what they did. That maybe wasn't the nicest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I think the reaction maybe is a little bit disproportionate to the the scale, the grand scheme of life life
0: i'm just thinking about that again myself a minute ago and I, I meant to say you know humans like simple things like you said and but i, I missed the word like i said humans are simple well I didn't mean how that sounds.
1: Well, sure, I mean, we I'm can. I'm sure be. someone's
0: going to make a call. Com- I about that. too. and it's not what we I meant. We can
1: be simple, my friend.
0: Exactly, we, we can, and that's not what I meant. But it, it, it popped into my head as an example of what you're <laughs> what you're saying. Sometimes yeah. we say things we that we don't exactly mean. Yeah. And there's too much of people then going and tearing something or someone yep. down because of that thing. Yep. And if we give it another moment for someone to clarify or explain or. We seek to understand before we seek to criticize.
1: And what a privilege. Things could be happier. We talk talk a lot about privilege right now Mm. in the world of social justice. What a privilege it is that the worst thing that happened to you today was that somebody wasn't as nice as you wanted them to be. I mean, that to me shows a level of privilege for you to be able to get onto your iPhone made of conflict metals that cause war Mm. in other parts of the world Mm. while drinking your capitalistic pumpkin spice latte (laughs) on that Starbucks (laughs) Wi-Fi and say that the worst thing that happened to you today was that someone was a little mean? I mean, if not, I don't know what what does, right? So it's an interesting thing that those spaces are often occupied by the same person. Oh, dismantle privilege, but then... They use privilege to... It's an interesting dichotomy to me that I mm-hmm. have I have definitely done. I am definitely guilty of having done that, and I try to check myself on that, that I'm thinking, if I can complain about this... I'm in a good spot. I'm doing
0: well. Doing well, that's right. No, I, I hear you. These... Um... I like when you bring these examples up because you know looking at the dichotomy of humans is, hmm. is so much fun. I, it, I know it's in, it's interesting, and I think again, it's it's such an opportunity to learn and understand things and see the world from different perspectives. When we when we touch on these kinds of things, we um you know when you talk about human foibles and how people look at those things,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or, or look at different situations, and they can you know saying one thing over here and another thing over there, and how they. Apply different things. It's interesting the kind of filters that that that, that people have on their thinking, mm. and and um, often kind of subconsciously they're not even aware that they're that they're mm-hmm. doing this, and um, that can that can, you know maybe there's an element of um, of ego there or just not awareness there. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. yeah. Speaking of that kind of thing as relatively new parents, you know, Danielle and I have <laughs> noticed noticed a trend in you know the the parenting world again this is not based on any data except our own observations out there if you have a a, if someone has a child that does something good observers will say wow look look at that child that's amazing that they're so smart they're so athletic they're so positive this positive that positive the other thing the moment a child does something that might be negative it's like what did the parents do They're they're doing their jobs and it's really interesting that we've just seen this trend. If, if you know, when something is good in a, a child, credit goes there. If something is perceived to be bad in, in the child, the, the, the blame goes to the parents. It's really just interesting how people, you know, they, it's one of those, again, one of those psychological biases that often comes into how uh, people relate to the world. And uh, again, just something we find fascinating when we see these things happen.
1: Well, and there's a, another bias that goes a step further from that, which is, if your child does something adorable or sweet or you know precocious, a compliment about that is welcomed by you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: If your child does something mean to another child, that criticism is not welcomed, welcome. right? <laughs> right. So we're biased about our children in that sense too. Yes, is yes. that And and for any artists who are listening to this today. I'm constantly, God love us, kind of calling us forward a little bit as artists, because when critics say something bad, oh, they're not singers, they're not actors, they don't know what they're talking about. But then when they say something nice, we will plaster that on our websites, we will plaster that on our biographies, Mm -hmm. on our review page, you know, so all of a sudden, these critics who don't know what they're talking about, when they say something nice... Oh well, you know, Mark Wilkinson has been praised by critics for having a warm, rich baritone. But <laughs> all of a sudden, I love the critics, right? So
2: right. we well,
1: we they're not a critic anymore. They're now a, a, a supporter. They're, uh, they're a fan. Fan. Adams. They're <laughs> a fan. They know what they're talking about. If they like my acting and my singing voice, men, they know they're what they're Mikey, talking yeah, about. But if they don't, they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about, right? So there's we're very biased. We are. I hate to say this because I love human beings, but we are a little selfish by nature. And, and so and contradictory.
0: You know, we are. We we don't like the, the notion of um or people often like the notion of the you know internal versus external, how we apply yep. things internally. You know, we, we take things personally when it's negative. Uh, we love it and can't get enough of it when it's positive. Yep. And it's really interesting
1: how um how we work that way. Absolutely. We we love we love praise. And we welcome praise and we think other people can give it to us when it's praise Mm -hmm. but when it's criticism we say you don't know me you're not you know and we we get very defensive it's a very interesting dichotomy and i think uh, children uh, you know when they're our children they they show us that notion because Mm -hmm. we love when a child gets a certificate but if you know we hear that our child was being bad, oh well, were well, the other kids? You know, we come up with some sort of <laughs> rationalization for rationalization, uh, for yeah. so it's, alternative
0: it's, alternative explanation. And we um, yeah. on on the praise and criticism front, what we also find really fascinating is that, and there's there's an opportunity for learning and understanding here. Mm-hmm. I think um, is that sometimes we should actually welcome the criticism. Mm-hmm. And 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 use that as a learning tool to move ourselves forward. And other times we, we need to recognize that praise is not necessarily genuine and it's not necessarily even like well founded. It it might be very shallow and superficial and uh which can then it can it can pander to our egos and set mm-hmm. us off in, in a in a different perhaps uh not the direction that we want to go in because we get that ego inflated, you
1: know and we get used to it mm-hmm. and it gets comfortable and we start expecting it and we start looking for it to happen and we start worst of all making it happen mm-hmm. and we and we blame anybody else when it doesn't happen right and we again there's mind. that the externalizing the um externalizing the blame
2: If i'm not getting
1: your... praise it must be that person's fault and before you know yeah. it you've just practiced everything that narcissism <laughs> would tell us about what a narcissistic personality is. And mm-hmm. it's um and and yet, as we've both said today, I do appreciate people sticking up for themselves because as somebody who didn't stick up for himself for a long time, I I have I have gone too far the other way. I have okay. I lived a life for a long time where criticism I thought that was normal. I thought that I was supposed to always be wrong. I thought I was supposed to feel like dirt. I thought, you know, I thought that that was normal. I thought that that was how humans were supposed to treat me. I believed that that was true. So I have lived, I've lived the other side of that. So Mm -hmm. um, it, it, these conversations are always interesting because they can sound accusatory, but what I love, speaking of psychology, Mm -hmm. is that if you feel accused, then I'm probably talking to you, (laughs) right? That's the thing. If you feel that spirit in your heart, if your back is up, I'm probably talking to you. If you can take this into your heart, then you're probably not practicing narcissism, right? You're probably Mm -hmm. able to hear what i'm saying mm-hmm. so that's what i love is it ends up proving its own point right because if you're getting defensive well then you might have a problem with narcissism
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and i think you mentioned it uh in another episode like it's important for us to read things and watch things that we disagree with or that yeah. we, we might
1: find we, we disagree yeah. with Like, look at look at the story or the the situation from the from the other side it's, and there are things that i disagreed with two years ago that i agree with now mm-hmm. and vice mm-hmm. versa
0: and and you mentioned the word earlier. No place does this happen often more frequently than in politics. There's flipping and flopping that happen all the time. I mean, oh uh, you know, whether it's whether it's a simple an individual's opinion, mm. or it's in, in our our uh, parliamentary democracy, or it's parliamentarians crossing the floor to join another party because they agree or disagree with certain issues. You know, yeah. this happens. People change, and um, and that's that's good. That, that's a mm-hmm. good thing that we that we do that. It's um, we might not politically agree with the change, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Uh humans are about, um they are about change and learning all the time. And uh, I think that's really important for all of us to to remember and, and to build in a level of forgiveness for oneself and mm-hmm. for the and for the people around
1: you. Because we are all learning and evolving and growing all the time. But we don't we don't live in a space of forgiveness right now, unfortunately. Oh, in, in, right. in in the in the curated social media world, we don't live in a forgiving space. I think in real life, because I always call it real life, because yeah. I I can't remember the stats, but I think there's something astounding that only like 5% of the world actually has a lot of these, like Twitter and you know, there's a, an amazingly small amount mm-hmm. of people. So I say out in real life, I find people to be very forgiving, but um, on the internet where one's brand and one's reputation is everything, we we don't currently live in a very forgiving space, and we will go to the ends of the earth to rip people apart. And it makes yeah. me very sad.
0: Absolutely. Well, and you've said before you've you've had that happen to you. You mm. mentioned it, you mentioned it academically. Um, it happened to you, and um, and you've also mentioned um, you know like you you had this watershed moment in your mm-hmm. life when you were when you were twenty when you realized you don't have to deal with this this badness that was. Coming your way, having that, this pushing your buttons kind of thing.
1: And what was interesting is that the exact same time that I realized that I didn't have to put up with that was actually when I took more ownership of my own reaction, mm. which is interesting because you <laughs> would think those would be mutually exclusive based on the way we seem to be talking to each other these
2: days. Mm. The
1: way the discourse is so divided and the way that it's so angry all the time. Well, I mean, not that people can't get angry if something's Terrible happens, get angry, all good. I just mean Mm -hmm. that generally there's such vitriol. So when I decided not to put up with mistreatment was actually when I took the most ownership for my reaction. And that's something that I want. If I could ask our listeners to take one thing away from this chat, is that they're actually supposed to do things together. It's supposed to be that they're supposed to happen at the same time, those two understandings. And they did. They happened for me at the same time. It was to understand
0: things being
1: being that you don't have to put up with it, and that you don't have to react that way. Got it. Yeah. There's there's options in there. You can do both. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was doing both that made each of them stronger. Because in not worrying so much about what other people thought of me, I sort of and don't, lo- don't lose me here, listeners, but I vibrationally wasn't <laughs> allowing people to say things to me anymore. Because I wasn't as willing to take the criticism, people weren't able to criticize me as much, yeah. because I was vibrating at a different place, I had more confidence, I was more stoic, I was more of a wall. And when And whether or not we want to admit it, when people meet somebody who isn't affected by things, they know it, right? It's often very, very, very sub or I'm not sure which sub or unconscious. Um, But so in being stronger in my own self and not worrying about what other people think, Mm -hmm. people think less often about you (laughs) in a way. It, it, It really happens.
0: Unless they feel less likely to attack or to criticize or anything like that. They don't view one as a as
1: a as an attackable target anymore. Because I wasn't giving them a reaction. And as we know, as we learned on the playground when we were kids, mm-hmm. the bully wants the reaction. That's mm-hmm. what they're looking for. And so my experience with 15 years of daily torturous bullying, wow. being on the receiving end of 15 years of that. Wow. I realized, and people are often cautious with this, they say, oh, Mark, you know, you don't have to take so much ownership. I said, look, it's not about blaming myself, but it's about recognizing that unfortunately, the reaction to it was what can allowed them to think that they could keep doing it because they were getting through, they were getting to me. Wow. And so people think that's very noble and, and that's very sweet of them to say, but the reality is It's not about blaming myself. It's not about saying I deserved it. It's not about saying I caused it. It's about saying to what extent was I participating in it, even unconsciously or or without intention. And so, when I turned twenty and I made a huge shift in my life, like I left a university that wasn't good for me, I moved cities. You know, I I changed singing teachers. You know, it was a whole was a whole thing. Uh, When I took ownership of my life, people couldn't. Poke me anymore, or they, you know, people still try to poke, but I wasn't as um I was more impervious to it, let's say that. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge shift. It doesn't mean that those 15 years weren't absolute torture for me, which they were, and it was a horrible, horrible thing to experience, but it was about I can only live with myself, I mm-hmm. have to move forward, I have to go on. And so what I always try to remind people is we always say in the arts that practice makes perfect right how do you get to Carnegie yep. Hall practice 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 right that's mm-hmm. that's the old thing the old adage yeah it's the old adage and so what I I like to use myself as an example of the fact that resilience doesn't necessarily mean more privilege or more access to whatever unfortunately tragically, really great resilience tells you how much i had to practice it yes that's what people forget people think resilience is just this inborn you know structural privilege no the fact that i'm this resilient is because i had to practice it because i was being attacked every day of my life for over a decade yeah and so it's a reminder to people that when you meet someone who's really resilient that probably means they've been through the worst of it they've been through a lot they've been through those trenches and we we sort of we pervert that a little bit into this into this judgment on them for having you know the privilege of resilience no actually the (laughs) it's the practice Mm
2: -hmm. of
1: resilience that that is so tragic to me so tragic because people don't tend to because people that? had to practice it that oh,
2: often. That had
0: rate. to
1: go through a
0: lot that of bad stuff to get
1: there. Crap, excuse my language, but yeah. to go through that much crap mm-hmm. to be that resilient—that's the yeah. point. That's why they get the payoff. Mm-hmm. I am this resilient, and you know what? Darn it, I earned it. I did. The I work. worked really hard. Yeah, at this for a long I was time. A very, very suicidal person for a long time wow. I have been through it so I didn't just randomly get given this resilience this is something that I have I've practiced and had to practice because of the way I was being bullied for a long time so wow. it's it's um it's a perspective shift that i would love to offer to people who may be listening to this today
2: mm-hmm.
1: wow. that um, if practice makes perfect i just need you to understand not necessarily like me mark wilkinson but i mean people in general
2: mm-hmm. that i
1: mm-hmm. am this resilient because i had to go through it and practice it that much wow mm-hmm. Thank you
0: so much for for sharing that with with me and our listeners. I had no idea about
1: that, about that part of your your life. Um, I don't advertise it that often because I, I mean, some people know, I'm sure maybe even be a couple listeners if they know me who know a little bit about this story or because they mm -hmm. went to school with me and they saw it, you know, whatever it may be. But Mm -hmm. I I don't tend to put it on my, you know, (laughs) biography or my website or hi i'm mark i was bullied you know it's <laughs> yeah no, no for sure
2: because it's
1: I, giving it power it yes. gives it 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 it's a part of me i can't ever change the fact that i went through it and
2: mm.
1: i have to embrace the fact that part of my resilience and part of my strength and confidence today is because of it so you know you have to embrace the light and the and the dark as they say right the light and the shadow and so um it's um something that i just take with me but i don't like to let it define me absolutely what i'm
0: i'm glad that you um have been making clear on this show that we've been doing together here uh particularly in light of what you just mentioned to me and our, our listeners is how much you are working and have been working for a long time at putting out into the world the good things mm-hmm. that, that you have obviously had to yeah Build and learn and develop mm-hmm. and sharing that as the as the focus. Like you said, put the put the put the lights the, the light, not the, not light as in weak. I mean the light is in yeah. shine the light yeah. out yeah. there into the world instead of focusing on the dark that you have clearly been through. Thank you, I um, really appreciate that. So I, I'm, just, I'm I'm just my my head is kind of spinning here so as <laughs> I'm connecting all these different dots and these
1: these threads through uh, our our conversations that we've had. Thank you. It reminds me of something that um Carolyn Mace, and I've mentioned her name before. She's been a very important person that I've read, um, mm-hmm. you know, to help me through things. Um, she says, you can pass on your wisdom or you can pass on your woe. Right. And I decided when I was 20 ish, you know, mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. just changed my life completely, moved cities, moved universities, left a toxic environment, you know. I um I decided that wherever possible and not in a preachy way, just mm-hmm. where it was welcome to pass on my wisdom mm-hmm. and as we've said, it doesn't mean that people haven't gone through atrocious things. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that people have gone through are almost unforgivable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I believe in forgiveness, but I would say almost unforgivable what the, yeah. what some of our listeners have gone through is, horrible and inexcusable and tragic and and as was what I went through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just made a decision and I'm so grateful for whatever innate ability I had to do this in combination with the practices and the books and the philosophies that I read. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I had myself and those helpers and those mentors to choose wisdom over woe Whoa. because I'm not mm. denying what happened to me. And that's why my friends are so sweet. They're all worried, you know, that I'm taking too much ownership. I say, yeah. it's not about denying no. what I went through. It's just realizing that nothing you've been through is still happening.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Everything so, you've ever gone through is over.
0: It's over. And so, do you have to hang on to it or how much?
1: Now, the hippocampus, God love it. <laughs> unfortunately has a real long-term memory memory yes so the reason that we feel those things are still happening is because of those imprints in the hippocampus that create what my friend Jessica Mannion my adore calls residue oh okay good word I love that word it's sticks it, around it captures exactly so mm-hmm. again i'm not denying that there isn't residue or, and there's moments with people i'm close with where i have a reaction i go whoa that was a <laughs> that oh, was that a, a bullied mark reaction that was a little bit of you know that right. uh, that was not adult mark anymore forgive me you know and then we move on it's like whoop, it's like a little snap
0: <laughs> hey, like, you're, you're you're aware of it that that's
1: that, that that's admirable <laughs> thank you that's just admirable. you're aware of that Thank you, and and I'm really grateful that they are very rare. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what you've learned, and your resiliency. I know yeah. when that eight year old boy is coming out. I know it. It's yeah. like once or twice a year. Whoa, that was victim mark. That was victim mentality. Sorry, my bad. Mm-hmm. And and again, people think I'm you know owning it too much. So why not? I I have to live with it. I have to live with myself and my bullies aren't around anymore. And people say, you know, what would you, what would you do if you ran into, you know, any of those bullies? Honestly, I'd give them a hug. Oh, Wow. I hope they're I hope they're better. Be better. I hope that they're yeah. in a better place because anybody who's in a space where they had to put me down in order to build themselves up, you have to be in a really bad, bad place. Like, if that is your perspective on the world, is building yourself by tearing other people down, they had to be going through something. Even worse. Yeah. No, Possibly even worse or, or worse. or a little worse, a little better. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they weren't in a good place, is what I think. They clearly mm-hmm. weren't in a good place if they thought it was a good idea to tear mm-hmm. someone else down. Yeah to To get their own sense of self worth, so harboring anything towards them, it's like drinking poison to kill your enemy. You're only hurting yourself, That's right? right? And so, yeah. you know, um, one of my one of my other heroes. You know, I think we're talking a lot today about mentors. This is great. Mm-hmm. This is wonderful. Was sort of the people that I've, I'm grateful to. Yeah, was uh, a gentleman named Medgar Evers, and. He, yeah, his name always sort of sounds slightly familiar to people. Uh, he was um, a leader in the civil rights movement in the south of the U.S. in the 50s and 60s. Wasn't qu- didn't become quite as well known as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but Medgar Evers said, when you hate, the only person that suffers is you because most of the people you hate don't know and the rest don't care. Yes. I think I have heard that somewhere and before. That sounds familiar. They made a wonderful movie about his life with Whoopi Goldberg and Alec Baldwin called The Ghosts of Mississippi. I highly recommend it just because he's a figure that I want more people to know about. You know, he's, right. a, he's a historical figure that um, in the in the time of Dr. King being sort of the figurehead and Malcolm X being one of the other figureheads of that movement, he was this other figurehead who is a little bit lesser known to know that he went through what he went through and he still didn't hate people was so inspiring to me as and mm-hmm. I and I came to know him as a child like I learned about wow, him when yeah. I was a child I have lovely progressive parents. I'm very lucky. That's that's fantastic. That's great. (laughs) Very, very open-minded, sort of original anti-racist parents, you know, (laughs) very sort of, uh, anyway. That is wonderful. Um, That is really, really great. I'm a lucky guy. Uh, So that to me, I thought, wow, if he can go through what he and his community went through at that time with that level of violence, Mm -hmm. I can learn not to hate people. Mm-hmm. Not that I had learned to hate people. I don't mean to say that, but I just mean no. I had I, I I knew that I was going to be able to 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 hopefully <laughs> practice even a smidgen of what he was able mm-hmm. to do because that was so inspiring to me. So he and other people that I read and stoicism and other philosophies were really, really influential for you but i also try to give myself the credit to know that i also had to have the innate ability to Mm -hmm. hear that and to take that in and that's one of the few things that i would say i'm proud of myself for Mm because i i I, um pride because pride can be a tricky emotion but um Mm -hmm. i'm proud of the fact that i don't hate the world and i'm mad at no one I, I i i i don't need to hate people and i'm proud of myself that i decided as somebody who was on the receiving end of so much hatred, to love instead, and that's what I—I I just made the choice to do through support and through innate whatever you know. It was a—it was a journey, my oh, friend. Man. Let me tell you, it there's was nothing.
2: Not...
0: There's nothing wrong with giving yourself or giving oneself credit Thanks. where it is due. Thanks, especially when you've gone through the trenches, especially when when you've been faced with the. Um, your own your own series of atrocities in in life Mm -hmm. you know to recognize you know uh what you needed to learn what you needed to do what steps you had to take how to overcome and then to and then to do it like that—that's a huge—that's that, that, a—that's a huge undertaking to to do that. I don't think that's any small feat, and I don't think anybody. The, I'm, I'm I'm saying this to you, my friend. <laughs> I'm saying this to other people who have have gone through uh, similar or other different experiences. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad thing to not give yourself some credit because that's that's <laughs> underselling the efforts you're putting in to improving your life and for okay. the lives of people around you. Thank you. It's cool. I wish more people actually gave themselves proper due credit where it was due.
1: I, mean, I think that would be helpful and healthy for people to do. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself for it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm humbled and proud at the same time that people say, Oh, Mark, one of the happiest humans I've ever met. Because to to know that I'm still a glass half full, optimistic, happy, my little, you know, two-year-old self is still in there is is really the greatest accomplishment of my life. The doctorates and the performing, well, like whatever, you know, like that's all, that should all be a reflection right. that the success, quote unquote air quotes of whatever success I've achieved in life or may achieve in future should only ever be a manifestation or a reflection of that inner work. Not, and not the determining factors of. No, I hope mm-hmm. that, I hope that I've achieved those things cause I am, a good colleague and i'm nice and i'm on time and you know because i practice the things that are what integrity is about which is not clarifying your existence in order to get what you want which we are just rampant with these days i will not clarify my existence in order to get what i want i will get what i deserve by putting in the work that's Mm -hmm. how i like to say it if you Mm -hmm. have to clarify to get what you want you have no idea what you deserve (laughs) you have absolutely no idea what you deserve so I hope to earn what I deserve because I worked hard and because I showed up as my best self so the fact that people think of me as a positive happy gentle soul is probably the most important accomplishment that I'll ever achieve that must be incredibly rewarding for you <laughs> it is and I needed right. that I needed yeah. that win after all
0: those years what's so what can i just ask what time was this like was this during your your young and teenage years that this was this was going on like the 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 high school experience and the
1: I'm I'm sorry to say to you and the listeners that it was kindergarten to second year university wow yeah it was a long time and
0: was this because you were a strong athlete who you know worked hard in the arts and did all the things that you did growing
1: up maybe I um you know it's funny and please know, my friend, what I'm about to say is not directed at you. I just oh, yeah, want you right. to know that. Mm-hmm. And I know you take criticism well, but I just—I mean that. It's not directed directly at you. Absolutely. The thing that I realized on a more general level is that bullying is a form of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to consider why I was abused because there is no reason for abuse. again, that's what I want you to know. I know where you were coming from when you asked that question. It is not directed at you. But I would offer, I would hope to offer to the Mm -hmm. world and to you and to anyone listening that if a spouse is abused by their spouse, we don't say, why 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 were you you abused? mm -hmm. It's an extreme example. Mm -hmm. But for some reason with bullying, we ask the victim, why? Mm
0: -hmm. I'm glad glad you explained that. And I'll I'll tell you why. I'm glad you explained it. And I, I should have probably prefaced my question. Okay because my wife actually did her thesis on university, at university um on bullying in interpersonal relationships. Oh. So I'm coming I'm coming to this notion with um a, a, some some familiarity and I'm so glad that you explained <laughs> that the way that you did. Thanks. Because there are these different cases in the world where and you mentioned it before, victim blaming. Yeah. We 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 do this as people. Yep. And it's it's and, and we do it in we don't even do it consistently. Yeah, no, exactly. Which which is is shocking. Like you said, I'm glad you drew that example of that in certain cases, we'll say that's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. In another case, we'll say, oh, there must be something wrong going on here. Yeah. That was, that was the, the situation I was trying to draw with um, what we've experienced as parents. In certain cases, right. people say one thing. In another case, they say, got to be the fault over here. Yeah. So, so thank. You. Perhaps it was it was unfair to you to me to, to, to have offered somewhat of a leading question. But thank <laughs> you for answering it the way that you did, because I right. think that's a key point mm. um, that is so important to drive out to people in the world. Uh, Particularly, and, and the other aspect is, I think when there's an age component, mm. we, we often look at um, yes, if it starts as, a, as with children, ah, oh, it's just schoolyard bullying. It's yes. not. It's not. That is
1: an early form of inappropriate behavior that's happening among children. And And people talk about generational trauma and I'm like, yeah, what do you think it is to be bullied when you're four?
0: It starts early and we have to recognize it and
2: stop it
1: early. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, and and I appreciate your clarification. And I know for a fact that you were not victim blaming. I, you gave me an opportunity to talk about something that's been on my mind uh because people with different levels of intensity, ask usually out of curiosity out of good intentions out of were they jealous you know they're usually trying to come up with a good reason (laughs) Mm -hmm. but for me there's no reason Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to be abused and so Mm -hmm. i have just decided in a positive light-filled i love you and everybody on this call the same i have lovingly refused to consider because also speaking of drinking poison, Mm -hmm. I don't want to consider what was wrong with me because there was nothing wrong. There's nothing
0: wrong wrong with you. That's right. There's nothing wrong
1: with Adam and there's nothing wrong with Danielle and there's nothing wrong with Aria. There's nothing wrong with any of us. Now that doesn't mean we aren't you know able to receive critique. There are all things that we could improve. There are all things that we could but there is no level of wrong with any of us that should ever lead to 15-16 years of Of abuse. So I so I I love you so much for letting me speak about this. And I Mm. I hope you know that I'm I'm talking generally. (laughs) Absolutely. It's 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 funny how we think
0: in the world that certain people are simply able to say, to identify something. They pull out of a hat and say there's something wrong with that person, and now we're gonna go and do something about that in a bad way. Mm. It's really it's it's a crazy, crazy thing that we do and like you said, maybe it's just a, a weird form of psychology that mm-hmm. those people have to yep. crush other people down in order to feel better about themselves. I can't imagine what their maybe. existence is like, uh, but it is, it is truly horrible to do. And it, it's, it's, it's awful that it starts with children or can start with children. It's awful that these types of behaviors do carry right through life. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible that even adults, Behave, you know, behave this way, and and they do all the time. And um, um, I think we really need to recast how we look at these things based on the behavior of the person that is doing the thing, not the not not the person to whom it's happening.
1: And there's a reason that child psychology is such a massive field of psychology because so much of our well, nature and nurture. particularly nurture are imprinted from such a young age and so Mm -hmm. I try to give adults the benefit of the doubt that there are moments when adults are actually living out something that's been imprinted in that hippocampus since they were very young young and does it excuse everything no does it make it easier to receive when you're on the receiving end no it's still hard as I said when that person at the coffee shop was mean to you yeah it's still hard it's not fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not fun But I have the empathy, literal empathy, having gone through this, because I manifested some really negative things when I was a teenager, too, because of what Mm -hmm. I had been going through. Don't get me wrong, I'm not Mm -hmm. here to sound like an angel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am, I, no one is. We've all made mistakes, right? But um, I I do have the empathy to know that a lot of times it's not about me when people, when someone does something. I unfortunately am in the crosshairs, which isn't fun. But it's
2: very rarely about me. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and that and that is again. That's drawing on all the philosophy we've talked about. That's that's a very very difficult place to get Ooh. to. I think. Ooh. I don't think it's easy. I struggle with that all the time. I still mm-hmm. have like like you said those those gut reactions sometimes. Like what the heck is what that was? And then you got to take that deep breath and take yeah. that step back and say this is that comment or that action has nothing to do with me. It's like we've talked about in other episodes. That person has something going on in their life or in their day or something but it's not about me but that's a very difficult place to get to and i think again that goes to the our human our human foibles of how we we how we interpret things personally that way you know and
1: also as i've hinted at as well and i know you agree is also that comment that action that wasn't the typical me right we can also be the ones who do the bad things absolutely and so i've had moments where i've had to say friend family whoever it is that was not you. That, that was, was me. me. That Sorry is. about so that. sometimes it is about me and that's what we're really bad at acknowledging, <laughs> yeah. right? We're always we're not always good at saying that reaction was a me reaction. <laughs> that was that was a me thing, that was not a you thing. And that's the balance of action and reaction that we started this entire conversation with. Yes. And that
2: <laughs>
1: as intense and tragic as those 15 16 years were taught me a lot about that. And so when people ask me you you don't have a psychology degree, or you don't you? have other... Oh, it's called life, man. The it's life. called the degree of life.
0: The hard the hard of, knocks of life, and and, and pushing in the sky. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it's um, it's it's been interesting for me to experience it, to perpetrate it, and to witness it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All three of those things happen in my life. Yeah. I receive the bad moments, I have the bad moments, because what human doesn't, and I witness other people experiencing the exchange of those two things.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that, that trifecta is one of the most fascinating things about life to me. And I'm able most of the time, <laughs> I get a little judgy of some of the real vitriol I see online, I do get a little judgy. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I'm able to observe it quite judgment-free, it's just a thing. Right. You know, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing because I see two people who have no idea that they're both expressing traumas that have nothing to do with the other person. You know what I mean? It's really right. interesting right. to, but yet they both take it personally because that's the ego. It, it, it just, the whole thing amazes me.
0: It's the the human nature, the human nature things. eh? Be it ever so not humble and humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all, all, all together. Yeah. Like you said, those, those, the theatrical masks again
1: to the, uh, yeah, and, and speaking of theatrical masks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: as you and I are great at segues here, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that happened in my life <clears throat> in terms of putting on a mask was when I discovered that I could act and sing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The audience was clapping and no bully was touching me oh interesting it was interesting. the most exciting thing for i, I was a tween-ish i'm tween ish i am tween and that happened oh my gosh it was incredible i got to be someone else when i the last mm-hmm. person i wanted to be was myself right the audience was clapping mm-hmm. and no bully was touching me i mean those were the three things that were that missing from mark your from your needed. day-to-day life yeah that yeah. was exactly what little mark needed oh. and So I went into the performing arts for all the wrong reasons.
2: Hmm.
1: I should never have gone into the performing arts. And I'm happy to say that. I am happy to admit Hmm. that, especially if there are artists listening, and I hope they are. Mm -hmm. Should never have gone into the performing arts. And it's because I, again, I was a kid. I didn't realize that I was filling this void with getting the next role and getting a better lead and then getting the applause and getting the this and getting into this school i was filling my life with these externalities right right i didn't realize i was doing it i was i was a nice kid but i was very damaged i was right. a very nice very damaged kid. And that came across as mean sometimes because I needed that role and I needed to be the, you know, you you get used to the marquee and the lights and the applause. And you've talked about that, you've talked about that previously too. And so, as I always say, in the words of Dr. Johnetta D. Cole, one of my other heroes, I ask nothing of you that I haven't asked of myself. myself. There's, so there's when I say that, I say that, that from a place of have been there. Right. Because I thought this is the greatest thing ever. I was so safe on stage didn't have to be me audience was clapping no bully it was it was great and so i did the thing i started acting in plays professionally i was singing opera i was singing concerts i was getting the degrees i was studying with teachers awards and then i was about to turn 25 and i went what what because five Mm. years earlier i had had the epiphany about you know my own reaction and action stuff so throughout the next five years i didn't realize i was slowly coming out of the mindset that had led me to start needing all those things to fill the void so about five years later was the next level of consciousness because i'm a big believer in you know we get more and more Mm -hmm. conscious hopefully Mm -hmm. the next level of consciousness was oh I've had this journey where I realized that it was gonna be about taking care of myself and not letting other people fulfill me, that I realized, oh, that career, the genesis of that career I had chosen was filling me. And through those five years, as I was getting so good in myself, I realized I didn't need or want to perform anymore. Oh, wonder why? Because it wasn't ever gonna fill who I was. Mm So I had this massive realization. Oh. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I? I have these degrees in the performing arts. You know what I mean? I yeah. can <laughs> do some jazz hands for you. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you do? And and I kind of quit cold turkey. Wow. I didn't perform yeah. for almost a year. Wow. So this was, a really, <laughs> was another, another pivotal time for you. And what was crazy is that the first time I did perform all those months later was on CBC. So I really decided to go right back right in. right back in. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> so I, I stopped. I moved back to Ottawa. I got a regular job. I worked for the government. I started practicing yoga, I traveled. you know, I just, I needed anything but the performing arts because I didn't realize the extent to which I had lost myself in the persona, in the career, in the brand, in the mm-hmm. becoming an actor and becoming a singer and fame and blah, 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 all that stuff. So it was fantastic. It was wonderful. I didn't have to please anyone else. I didn't have to prove myself. I wasn't worthy. You know, my worth wasn't defined by how beautiful my voice was or my ability to be a another person. It was just me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was the mm-hmm. next step. It was right. that the next step after what happened when I was about twenty, and I came to that first realization of really living the what is it just to be you mm-hmm. and just to be with yourself. And it was um it's amazing. It, it, it's it's oddly linear and it's oddly nonlinear. You know, it's 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 both at the same time and yeah. It was so, so important to me because it helped all of the bullying make sense mm-hmm. as much as bullying can make sense. It, yeah, it, sure. it made sense of, not the bullying, it made sense of the manifestations of the bullying. That's really what I mean to say. Mm-hmm. It, it made sense why I behaved the way I did, why I chose the career I did, you know what? All of these things. Oh, they're them, that they, they're them, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got mm-hmm. it. And um, so now... My life has been about how do I take the education I did get (laughs) and do have and do it in a healthy way? How can I, can I healthily perform? Can I become someone else without losing myself? Can Mm -hmm. I, can I put myself out there? And because, you know, man, the acting world and singing world, they're tough. Headshots and auditions and judgments and external, you know, how pretty you are. And it's, it's as the Me Too movement showed us. I mean, it's, it's tough to be a singing actor it's it's hard and so mm-hmm. i've spent the last several years of my life uh well i guess 10 years because i'm 35 now um mm-hmm. the last 10 years figuring out how to build this life with the education that i did have because you know certain education only qualifies you to do certain things you know I me mean? and unfortunately it closes a lot of doors if you don't have you know, organic chemistry 301 and your transcripts, you know what I mean, it's hard to go to med school or whatever it is, you know, it's, there, there are certain things that you have to deal with from the past that inform your, your present and your future. And so my goal has always been to get back to my four-year-old self. Mm. Because mm-hmm. before the bullying started, I was the happiest little boy. I literally, one of the first words I learned, I sat in my high chair and go, happy. I think I told you that, right? <laughs> That's happy. That's awesome. I mean, That's just I, I knew he was in there. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that he was in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I have been every day trying to get back to him. Mm-hmm. And um. hopefully whatever career whatever job whatever advice on a podcast whatever teaching whatever mm-hmm. conversation, whatever I do i hope that it is a manifestation of the best of him and the best of the worst of my experiences right yeah best of the worst yes. of my experiences not the worst of the wor- of my worst experiences because that's just passing on woe yes. rather but than passing on wisdom
0: on the good stuff that came that came out as a result later on through your endless hard
1: work I hope, and so as I shared, I think maybe even in the first chat we had, our first episode. In case people aren't convinced, this is further proof of my type B nature. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Honest to God, it's not calculated. It's not planned. I literally have no f in clue, <laughs> Adam, hey. what I'm doing. Hey, I'm you're talking the same 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 thing here. It's <laughs> One day at a time. I have no idea. And unfortunately, on my website and in my biography, I have to put something professional together. You do have to present a package to the world, unfortunately. And I have found ways to healthily present myself professionally as much as I can. It doesn't always work. It's not always easy for me. It's still a struggle for me sometimes. But when people think that I'm resilient and successful because of anything other than practicing really, really, really hard, it's it's it makes me sad because I have no idea what I'm doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I and and I do not teach because I have any idea what I'm doing. I teach because I don't know what I'm doing. I teach empathetically because I know as students, they feel like they have no idea what they're doing. I say, great, I can be your teacher who has no idea what he's doing. I just have a few more years Experiencing not knowing what I'm doing. That's right. That's honestly how I approach teaching.
0: That's an awesome line. And I, I appreciate so much your your introspection, and humility. I I oh, it's thanks. it's just it's so endearing. I <laughs> mean yeah, it's so wonderful to hear thanks. somebody say that. Uh, because I I think your your voice, the message you're saying, uh is, is a fantastic counterpoint to what's going on in our big <laughs> culture out there right now. It's exactly. just where it is, it's all about this, this loud noise and being experts and being perfect and showcasing perfection. Yep. And, and yet, you know, there's all, you can also find an equal number of articles where again, coming back to a a parenting example, no one as a parent knows what they're doing.
2: No. Yeah.
0: You you wing it a lot of the time and you, you know, you build skills as you go and you work at and you get up and you show up every day. And so, so thank you for being that voice. I think it's so refreshing to hear that.
1: Thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. I always say, I've just had no idea what I'm doing a little longer than you.
0: That's a. I love that. That's a great, great example.
1: That's all it is. I just have a few more years experience having no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I can, excuse me, the only way that I can legitimately, humbly, and ethically teach. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I find zero ethics in standing up in front of a class being all-knowing. I think that mm-hmm. is the worst of teaching. It is mm-hmm. not possible because it's not true. And it's not true because it's not possible. (laughs) So I have no idea what I'm doing. I've just practiced it for a really long time.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's interesting. The word practice is a fascinating word because there are a number of areas where we use that word, but we don't realize that we're using it in in a way that does not mean perfection so for example we have doctors doctors have a practice yes but, but we 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 look at it and think well they've attained this level of perfection well not no because it's a practice they are still learning and improving and developing all the time 100 when, when we do people say that like with you with yoga you, you know one says like i'm i'm the yogi no i practice yoga
1: unfortunately when, some people do but they're <laughs> just
0: wrong yeah <laughs> that's the human ego there mm-hmm. same, martial arts same thing you you, you practice you it's It's all about a, a practice, even though I think even in the, the the legal profession, they have a law practice. There's all of these types of practices. It's, a, it's a really great word. And I think we've almost lost um, our focus on what that means. and it it, it, me- it doesn't mean perfect. It means we're we' are still working at it all the time. And so I, th- I think it's great to hear you say, you know you're, you''re you're practicing all these different elements of life and practicing being a teacher and, and practicing whatever it is you're doing next. I think I think it's helpful for people. Um, to learn that notion as early as possible.
1: Thanks, and and I, I think it's a skill that we're not teaching people enough. And mm-hmm. I think if there's a class in chemistry, there should be a class in humility and resilience or whatever we want to call it. Like there has to be those life skills. And I remember mm-hmm. as you were sharing that, I was thinking of this moment. Um, I, for the life of me, cannot remember what play, this tells you how many plays I've done in my <laughs> life, <laughs> but I was doing a play or a musical or something. Mm-hmm. and. I I delivered a line and it was the most robotic, untrue, like <laughs> not real thing. And I stopped and I like lovingly teased myself. I was like, I'm going to do that again. And the cast and the director just laughed because it's a practice. It's an art. We're not as actors. We're always trying to find the truth in the line. And sometimes you deliver the line in a really weird way because <laughs> it just it happens. Fake. art is the root word of artificial. All right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. art is the root word of artificial it's not real so sometimes you deliver a line and you go oh that was not <laughs> true at all you know because well it's not but you know what i mean but it doesn't even <laughs> represent truth and so i walked back to my entrance i redid my entrance and i think i found a little more truth in the line and we just sort of hear the director go there we go you know, like,
0: was this was this in a, in a in a like a rehearsal or was this in an actual
1: um, rehearsal rehearsal okay I just just, laughed and I just sort of teased myself and I was like that was the worst acting ever and it's because it happens and sometimes I'll sing a line and it's out of tune and because why not it happens sometimes I'm most of 99% of the time I'm singing well and I'm in tune and then sometimes you just you flub a line you flub a note Mm. it's fine and so I turned around did my entrance again the line felt more real my actors felt it was more real Mm. and we moved on and it's called the process the, the process of being an actor absolutely yeah and and being a human like you said before it, it just it's we got we to cut ourselves some slack. Being a human, we're not always gonna get it right, which is why we lean on our colleagues. It's why we have directors, it's why we have mentors, it's why we have people to say, I think I knew what you meant, but there's a way you can get deeper. There's a way that line can be more truthful. And when you lean on your colleagues, because let me tell you, it helps if they like you, if you can lean on your friends, your colleagues, your mentors, your family, whoever it is, then life, all the world's a stage, listen to me, (laughs) right? It's true. I sort of see it that way. It's like the director is there to guide. They're the Sherpa and the colleagues are the friends who give you wisdom through the way they give you a line because then you react differently based on the way they deliver the line. And isn't that what life is all about? You move. No person is an island, as they say, Mm -hmm. right? You move through life. You meet a mentor who's like a director. You meet a friend who's like a colleague and and all of a sudden you're rehearsing. So I kind of just see this as a big rehearsal. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. life is kind of just one big rehearsal and I don't always say the lines right no I don't always sing the right notes I don't I'm not a perfect singer I'm not a perfect actor because I'm not a perfect human Mm -hmm. and so my goal is to just find that four-year-old happy little guy Mm -hmm. and take him to rehearsal with me that's awesome every day just try to take him to rehearsal. And doesn't mean I haven't said sorry. I've had to say sorry. I've mucked up a few times. Who hasn't said sorry? If you are married, you have had to say, say say sorry. sorry if, you, if you are a parent, you've said sorry. If you're a friend, you've said sorry. Yeah. If you're a family member, you've said sorry, right? We've all said sorry. sorry. And my yeah. American friends listening was, are laughing at the way I say sorry. Um, oh, Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Americans. Sorry. Um, yeah. But my Canadian accent, what can I say? Um, it's That's actually a very powerful cool.
0: powerful word and people people don't realize how powerful that word actually is particularly yeah. when you actually mean it mm. and, and this is also um an area where again you and i i'm sure we can go we can keep talking about this for for hours here as we could the the people also do they do work on and you use this this analogy earlier in in today's talk oh you know the vibration level of of, of humans
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It's a fantastic book, a fiction book about that, by the way, called The Celestine Prophecy, which I actually talked yes. about. I think it's James Redfield, I, I believe, who wrote that. He talked about, you know, people move hopefully upwards, but they move around in between these different vibration levels, as he called them. And that's how we meet really good friends or we mm-hmm. find someone we fall in love with that person or, or whatever it happens to be. There's also an element of knowing, I think, when people are being truthful and honest. And and you talked about this in terms of voice health and being able to perceive some of those things mm-hmm. that are going on with a person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think the same is true with things like apologies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think there's something, uh, there's, 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 as I'm sure you know, there are very fake apologies in the world. There are very sincere, heartfelt apologies in the world. And um, usually when people are serious and want to make a heartfelt apology, you will see, there will be an accompanying behavioral change mm. that, that often goes along there. Oftentimes when it's fluff, everybody just carries on. I said, I'm sorry. What more do you want? Well, <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Have a good one. Have a good one. You, you obviously are not serious and, and aren't serious about changing or or having a meaningful impact on that person. So I think the the element of an apology is is a hugely powerful thing. And I think it's it's one of those areas in life that we can detect it. Um, through these like these unspoken vibe- vibrations in, mm-hmm. in the world, like, it's really interesting how people can pick up on that.
1: And if I could add even more nuance to that, mm-hmm. please. The other thing that can be dangerous about apologies is spending your life waiting for them, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. expecting one word, and there will never be anything. Because I think what people are Expecting me to say, remember when I asked earlier when they say, what would you do if you saw one of your bullies? Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not expecting an apology.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I find it incredibly narcissistic and selfish to demand apologies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If It's it's like letting them live rent-free in my brain. I like that expression. You've used that before. Yeah. They, they've hopefully moved on. I hope they've grown. I hope they're healthier, happier, more peaceful. Yes, they quote unquote hurt me, sure, yes, whatever. They were hurting at some level too. And demanding apologies is something I cannot do. I'm just one guy. And if we can't keep everybody happy, and I've already said this today, I have to recognize that I'm one of the people that people can't keep happy. We're really bad at being on the receiving end of that. Yes. Yeah. And so, if not everybody was able to keep me happy, who am I? I'm Mark Wilkinson from Kingston, Ontario. Am I the Lord, mighty Master, and King of the world? No, I'm I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get in the crosshairs of other people's lives. And if some of them, if 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 a bully wanted to offer me an apology, again, I would have already hugged them. But I, I would <laughs> sure. hug longer. Yeah. I'd, I'd hug them longer and say, "Cool, thanks, man," or whatever. It, it's a beautiful thing and a humbling experience for a human being to apologize.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm just one dude from Kingston, Ontario. Like I'm not it's like I, I living your life expecting apologies is gonna kill you, man. It will kill it's, you. It's just it's it's such a terrible way to live. So I think and it shocks people a little bit. They're just they they they're constantly trying to find where I'm cynical. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. I just I it's it's not worth it to me to wait for an apology, to drink poison, to be mm. upset, to be like I have to live my life and there's enough enough strife and stress in my in the world's life as it is, let alone for something that happened 10, 20, whatever years ago. So, no, I don't expect an apology. I don't even think I need one because that Mm -hmm. has to be from me. I have to forgive for me. I have to start so that I'm not... um, living a toxic life and constantly Mm -hmm. blaming something that's not happening to me anymore because it's Mm -hmm. not happening to me anymore i decide how much the residue affects me and so i it wasn't a but but more an and to what you said Mm -hmm. a real apology is a beautiful beautiful thing and we've all experienced the real ones and man they feel great Mm -hmm. and i hope i've given them I, mm-hmm. I I want to give real apologies if, so, if especially someone close to me if I've if I've hurt them in some way. Gosh, I want to mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say sorry. That's never my intention, nor is it yours, nor is it Danielle's or anyone's. Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. never our intention. But that expectation is my my friends, my listeners, whoever's on this call. It's gonna kill you. Yeah, that expectation and that waiting. It's never gonna come. You're gonna be waiting to your grave and
0: it might even be very if it did happen as a result of the expectation of the demand it's it's likely in my opinion to be very fake and yes. and and not genuine to begin with and we we talked about we had the exact same conversation about leadership and respect yeah in one of our earlier episodes you yep. cannot demand respect or uh as a leader, you must respect me because it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't work the, the best leaders like just allow it to be and allow themselves to be and and the respect follows the, the, the true meaning follows from that. It doesn't follow because they stand there and yell and scream. I demand this or I demand that. It yeah. just doesn't.
1: You're you gonna a long time, or what you're gonna get is not gonna be authentic. Because usually, what they're apologizing for is something that I've had to apologize for some to someone else. Like when someone apologizes, I usually say, "Yeah, I've done that too." Because who hasn't? Yeah. Unless it's like murder, <laughs> unless it's like unless it's something extreme. But most of the things. If people have ever apologized to me, which is lovely. Thank you. Most of the things people have apologized to me for, I've probably done to someone else either consciously or unconsciously done to someone else. So like, who, who am I to judge someone else's mistakes as if I've never made them? And again, that's, there's, there's your, your insight and your humility and recognizing again,
0: we're, we're all, we're all human. And when, when you say that kind of thing to people, it, it, it quietens down the whole dynamic it just settles it the other person no longer feels like they're in your crosshairs now because they feel like they're they need need to apologize or something it settles it it just brings it all down to a a level where everybody can relax and take a breath and just ease up a little bit
1: there's a a really important phrase to me and maybe i'll reverse it if i decide a few years later that the words are not what i think they are but I believe we need to stop telling children that they're important and we need to start telling them that they matter. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: To me there's a difference. You matter. Every one of us matters. But this self-importance is what concerns me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so as you just said, when you can just receive (laughs) without judgment, When you just receive you realize as is often the theme of our chats it's not about you and it's not about me and so that that apology is just a thing it's a thing that happened and let's move on it's 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 okay because being apologized to is one thing but demanding an apology as if i'm mighty master and king of the world i just find that so (laughs) so troublesome (laughs) it's like it I can't wait for the world to apologize Mm -hmm. to me for all of its wrongdoings because Mm -hmm. there's 7.9999 billion other people out there Mm -hmm. who are experiencing it in their way and the positive and negative ways so um as happy as I am to give and receive apologies you gotta you gotta move forward man you gotta Mm -hmm. You got to just pay attention because life is happening and it's passing you by and you're missing all the beauty because you're so focused on the, the, the negative. And again, I'm not absolving anyone. I want to make sure I reiterate that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: not absolving the bad, atrocious behavior, but man, go for a walk, take, you know, take some photos on a hike, sing a song, say, tell someone you love them, volunteer at your food bank. Like just, there's something that you can do. Yeah. Rather than waiting around for an apology that might never that come, might never co- there it is. Never
0: come. No, I, I hear you. It's. I think those are just wise words. Mm, I, I think it's great. I think there's there's so much in there that um, we can all just take away from and, and reflect on.
1: If I had to be bullied the way I was, there had to be a lesson. That's one of the things that's most important to me. Mm-hmm. If I had to go through what I went through. Darn it! There was going to be something positive that for came me out to take, of it. Man. and I have to pass on the wisdom instead of the woe, because otherwise, it would make thinking about bullying miserable, and I wouldn't be alive I just today. Lost with some I really wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. It would just be, yeah.
0: So recognizing that, you know, like I'm, I'm not qualified to offer, you know, professional mental yeah. health advice. Uh, yeah, I have a psychology it degree, don't. but I'm, I'm not in the position of, of doing that and certainly not on a podcast what what would you say that listeners can take away today and do or th- do or think if they have or are experiencing bullying or some kind of conflict What like what t- mental thoughts can they apply
2: mm-hmm. to
0: help to help their make things better for themselves or their friends or a family member whoever is experiencing this kind of Abuse?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, similarly to you, I always feel the need to say I am not giving medical advice. I am not even giving licensed psychotherapeutic like, advice either. You're mm-hmm. speaking as a um, woman who's been through the trenches and has come out the other side uh, through a lot of hard work yeah. and, and effort. Can only sort of share what I've experienced, right? Mm-hmm. What I've mm-hmm. gone through. Mm-hmm. What I would say... First of all, legitimately, as I said a minute ago, is that you do matter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We need you here. Mm-hmm. You do matter. Yeah. And how you're feeling about it matters, too.
0: Great. It point. is real. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because I think we diminish in this world, we diminish how people feel, particularly uh, with often with children, uh, often with men. Oh, 100%. We, we still diminish a lot of at least in our culture, I should also add that dynamic too. it's uh we we ignore it, we diminish it, we put it down. and that is a, a very harmful thing to do.
1: And I know I know that it's hard because I got to the darkest of places mm-hmm. the darkest of suicide attempts and and you know, i I've been there, man. i and it's hard. And I also want to acknowledge how hard it is when people ask so passively, how are you? Mm, mm -hmm. In these polite North American niceties that we do. Answering how are you is one of the hardest questions you could ever answer when you're not in a good place. Great point. It's so hard, because what are you supposed to say? Fine, good, because if you say anything else, people are going, I didn't actually want to know. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to go to, I have to I go to the- That's you know. right.
0: People don't really want to know, hear, hear the truth of what's going on.
1: They just want to, good, how are you? Good, thanks, see you later. You know, it's just, Um, so not only do you matter and not only is it real, I also know that you don't always have an answer. Can't even explain it, right? Even when people well-meaningly ask you, what's been going on? How are you doing? Tell me about that. You can't always even say, you can't always verbalize it. It doesn't always have to have words. Mm. So that's why it's more, it's not a flippant validation. It's a legitimate validation of the fact Mm. that you're not always feeling okay. And I'd be amazed if you did always feel okay. If you were being bullied the way I was, I can't imagine. (laughs) I can't imagine feeling good about that. Um, And that's what it is for me. It's not, oh, excuse me, making noise here. Um, it's not about, it's, it's not about always trying to feel good. Because that's mm-hmm. not how life works, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that you're wondering, if you're listening to this right now, you're wondering, when is it going to change? I can tell you, it, for me, it didn't change for about 16 years. So sometimes it takes a long time. Long time and you're wondering when the wind is going to come right and all i can do is say i'm living proof that mm-hmm. it does come it Does come i'm glad I'm, it, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad so nice. glad
0: <laughs> that it did
1: and that you we need you around we need you to stick around yeah because you might not realize that your dream isn't realized yet but the world will realize the dream that you're trying to realize it mm-hmm. will so we need you Mm -hmm. and so if you're struggling with it hi (laughs) Mm. nice nice to meet you been there Mm -hmm. and still am i mean my goodness is it ever fully over are we we ever fully nailing it (laughs) nailed it you know no as i said rehearsal every day is a rehearsal Rehearsal. for me a a rehearsal of of life Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that's that's probably the advice i would give because that's that's all I can give, because mm-hmm. that's what I've lived mm-hmm. and I've experienced. And just know that it's all right not to be all right. As they yeah. say, it's okay not to be okay, because okay. That's, that's the human experience. That's it. And that the time, even the most patient people, and I am the most patient person in the world, but I have had moments, even as the most patient person in the world, where you get impatient. Mm-hmm wondering mm-hmm. when is the win going to come yes we don't know all the time no
2: we don't know it, all the time
0: and in a world where we, things are moving faster and faster all the time we, we expect,
2: that it,
1: expect that it does and it just uh it just doesn't just doesn't but there are people who love you mm-hmm. there are people you don't know that they love you mm-hmm. you haven't met them yet yeah that's a that's a fantastic thought I think um and I can't just... wait for you to meet them yes. that's what I want for yes. you i want yes. I want you to meet them yeah and you will meet them and, and, and the... sometimes they'll be your family members yeah sometimes uh, they'll be a different version of your family interesting sometimes you haven't met the version of your mom or your dad or whoever that can love you hmm Sometimes the person you haven't met yet, you know you've met them. <laughs> Quote, unquote, you've met them. Encountered them. Yeah. You have, you've encountered them. You've interacted with them. You just haven't met them at a seen place they, where they can love you. Seen who they really are and what they can really be like. Because yeah. often their lack of love for you, as we've said today, is not your fault. Yeah, That's a their trauma thing. That's a them thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so whether it's the same person who's just a new and better version of themselves, I can't wait for you to meet them. or if it's someone literally that you've never even interacted with, I can't wait for you to meet them either. Wow. So stay with us because mm-hmm. we and i I'd love to meet you. I know that much. I'm just one dude, but hey, if it helps, I'd love to meet you. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> wow, Wow. Well, th- thank you for that. that um th- this is this has been a big, big, deep conversation today uh i appreciate appreciate you sharing your experiences and thoughts so much um i'm just looking at our our time here Mm -hmm. do do you have time for uh, just a a couple of other follow-up questions today about your um your your mentors uh Mm. who who helped you on your path off your path getting Mm -hmm. back onto that path again Uh, and and my mentors i'm also including um you know people obviously maybe family maybe friends others uh books, movies that you've we've talked before. You're you're a movies guy and you've said you've got lots of uh, lots of wisdom that's come from 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 movies. Mm-hmm.
1: I thankfully have mentioned several of them in several of our podcasts. Yes, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's,
0: a, there's a theme. that's see this here.
1: Yeah, there's a very. You know, and it's so funny, Adam, speaking of ego, my ego struggles with the word spirituality because spirituality has this very nebulous and sometimes very judged sense because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of revelations about some spiritual gurus who were doing some things that were not so good and selling mm-hmm. some not very scientific things and you know so mm-hmm. um but in all of the positive aspects of it my spiritual and physical phys- uh, philosophical excuse me readings and movies were important because you know it's true. I mentioned I'm not much of a book guy. Mm-hmm. I should clarify, I'm not a fiction guy.
2: Mm, okay.
1: Much more of a nonfiction guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And unfortunately, the books that have been relegated to self-help, and that also has a pejorative to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, those were helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> those were very helpful for me. And so I think about um Michael Colgrass, who wrote A book called my lessons with kumi turns out it was it's actually a fiction book but it reads as such a beautiful philosophical book that was the book i read when i was 20 Mm -hmm. that changed everything for me cool when that whole journey had started for me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i think about stoicism in general Mm -hmm. no no one particular purveyor of it but just stoicism as a philosophy I think about people like Carolyn Mace that I've mentioned. mentioned. I think about Dr. Janetta B. Cole. I think about Marianne Williamson. I think about Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. I think about Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison is my favorite writer of all time. And though she writes fiction, she's one of the few fiction novelists that I've read because she has been a huge inspiration to me my whole life. Um, And then I think about family members i think about teachers professors colleagues i've learned so much from my colleagues mm-hmm. and i still continue to learn from colleagues friends and hey why not let's say it myself
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thank have you for thank you for saying
1: that I have been my own mentor because mm-hmm. I had to do the work to take all of those people that I just mentioned
2: mm-hmm.
1: and sort of a la like a lit review, <laughs> I have had to synthesize that information, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that I'm not big on the camps. Like I'm in this camp or that camp, and I'm on this left or right or blah, blah, all of these, you know, camps we love to join.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My job was to recognize that the only person who was going to make sense of this information and filter this information was moi it was me that's it yeah. so at the end of the day if people listening to this forget themselves along the way they're going to get lost
0: and you've mentioned that before too in the, in our discussions about uh, about the arts you can't lose yourself
1: you have to be able to think critically, which doesn't necessarily mean criticism, doesn't mm-hmm. mean hate, it doesn't mean negativity. Mm-hmm. It means don't drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. None of those people that I mentioned are people that I, whose Kool-Aid I will ever drink. Toni Morrison's I come close to, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, and we all have to recognize we do have people that we come close to, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the people that you come close to drinking their Kool-Aid. But always trust, you know, to thine own self be true. Always make sure that you're serving yourself and the greater purpose that you play in the world Mm -hmm. rather than just confirming every single one of your biases. Because people Mm -hmm. might listen to that list that I just, you know, mentioned and go, oh, wow, there's some contradictory. Great. That's the point because... Then I'm never losing myself in ideology. I'm never losing myself in campism. I'm always right. looking for things that challenge my perspective, but I always have to know that I can't lean on anybody but myself. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sounds sad at first. It's something I don't like saying because mm-hmm. I, be- I love humans and I believe in humans. Mm-hmm. But part of that journey when I was 20 was saying, hey, man, you've, you've, kind of only got you unfortunately most of the people in your life if they chose to could go away if you lose your voice tomorrow you can't act and sing anymore who are you going to be without those you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's tough to hear that and it's tough to experience that but let yourself be your own mentor too Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the change starts within
1: ain't nobody else going to do it for you i (laughs) mean i'm glad you said that that's right and,
0: and it's, again, it's it's easy to, to to think about, for people to think about outsourcing their problems and outsourcing the solutions. Um, it, it just, that's human nature.
1: To, you're to gonna be waiting a long at time. your grave. Yeah. You're going to be waiting at your grave for yeah. that apology or that reimbursement or that owed check or that, you know. It, you're gonna be waiting forever. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like you said, that that coach you referenced before, you gotta do the hard work, harder or better
1: or however she, she oh yes she the the duke basketball coach mm-hmm. yes she said life doesn't get easier you just do hard better just, just do hard better yeah i love that oh great. i love her for saying that that was just what i needed to hear that day when i came across the video you just get better at doing hard yep
0: yep and uh it's uh i, I love those little those little gems and i love like when those gems you come up you discover them and they speak to you yeah, again, there's those magic points in life. I, I really, I just love when that happens.
1: And maybe in 20 years, you'll feel differently. Yeah.
0: And that's okay. It's And that, that's that's another great message. Like, allow allow there be to be this space for for growth and change. And um, you know, take some joy in the lack
1: of perfection.
2: It's okay.
1: Yeah, that's why when I hear people say, oh, did you hear that in 2001, she said this? Yeah, that was 21 years ago. Well, like, <laughs> I, I hope she's changed, yeah. Mm-hmm. If she's still saying that, okay, then maybe we need yes. to have a conversation about that. But I don't know about you, Adam, but I believe things way differently than I did 20 years ago. I oh, mean, yeah. like, good Lord. Like, I, anyway, so this, this looking into every single thing that anyone has ever done with their life, I... Uh, I, I fear that that's not healthy, not only for other people, but it's not healthy for me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's just, I can't do that. Yeah. They're not, hopefully they're not my bullies anymore. Hopefully wow. they've moved on and I, gone, won't, I won't mm-hmm. hold it over them. I refuse. It's such a selfish and useless thing for me to do. Well, and like you said, I think the part that um, um, can
0: resonate with people is that it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it goes away or that, or that it went away. Yeah. It, it's still there. Yeah. But, you can change how you relate to it. I think that's an excellent message um, for moving your life forward. You can say that's gone. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Wasn't, wasn't great. (laughs) Wasn't good. Yep. Um, But it happened and, and you move forward. I think that's a wonderful lesson that people can apply to any situation in their life. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I think that is a very, very helpful message
1: to leave it as much as you can. Uh, without
0: it without it being that what's your word residue, without it being residue that stays with you your whole life.
1: But Um, it also acknowledges the residue.
0: Yes. Yes. I think it's a a fantastic distinction.
1: One doesn't want to because I'm a big believer in neuroscience. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer in the way the brain works. Absolutely. I will never ever deny. The residue from the hippocampus i will never ever mm-hmm. and, and and just the way the limbic system you know and the amygdala you know the way they all pro- process the the long-term memory just How we it's, work. A mm-hmm. it's a thing but we also know that the brain has a lot of neuroplasticity to it so he i'm a big believer in both as i said when i validate you i mean it it mm-hmm. probably sucks right now
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm never denying the residue i just worry that we deny our ability to do something about, about it. it yes Yes. So it's both for me. Mm-hmm. I wanna I don't wanna use just the worst parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanna mm-hmm. use the good parts of the brain. Yeah. We were given this prefrontal cortex for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's right. We were given that pro that processing center, that executive functioning for a reason. And we certainly think we're better than the animals for it. So let's mm-hmm. use it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I mean, we <laughs> so love might to remind plant, ourselves <laughs> we love just to plant the animals. So let's earn the you know let's earn <laughs> let's the right title, right? So, um, I I I I would say to people, I hear you and I feel your residue. I have felt residue. I still feel residue to this day. It is not denying the residue. Mm-hmm. It's about deciding what you want to do with it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the kind of life that you are living. Right. Now, even our conversation that started an hour and a half ago, the first part's done. It's over. Everything mm-hmm. we've talked about, it's already happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're yeah. moving forward. Moving forward.
0: And what a conversation
1: we move forward through today. <laughs> this was wonderful. I did not know I was gonna go this far, but here I am. So uh, wow. thank you for allowing me to share.
0: Oh, I'm I'm thank you for, for your candor and sure. uh and your openness. Uh um, I've again learned so much ab- about you, and sure. uh, I've got you. You've given me so many things to take away and, and think about. Thank you uh, for life. And I, I hope so for our our listeners too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously a very difficult uh, topic for you, um, but I think I, I I just admire how you've taken that and you've turned it into uh, this this message of like goodness and learning and growth mm-hmm. that you're you're constantly putting out to the world. I just think that is uh, such an admirable quality.
1: So Thank can, you please
0: keep doing that for for me and for everybody else you're helping <laughs> for oh, your, and for yourself. And I for am yourself really
1: too. good at having no idea what I'm doing. So I'll awesome. never stop doing that because I'm really good at it. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> And I should also say, I, I would be remiss if I didn't just throw in before we end here, Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If this conversation was difficult for anybody listening and if it triggered anything for you, please seek help. Please reach out. There are mental health and suicide hotlines. If anybody is experiencing anything like that, I do encourage you to reach out or to me or to Adam or whoever mm-hmm. you need to reach out to. Please yeah. just, just know that I want to I make sure that you know that there is help out there. If, if, if anything feels that dire from this conversation, I hope we approach this conversation I think we did, but I hope we approached Mm -hmm. it with respect and with Mm -hmm. with grace. Um, But if anything that I, particularly Adam Board, particularly Mm -hmm. if I said today, Mm -hmm. um, if if it brought anything up that's really been difficult, and a lot of residue has come up, there are there are phone numbers and people out there who are there to help you.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you for thank you for adding that. I appreciate that. That's uh, that's that's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, This has been a again a wide ranging, very in depth conversation. I'm so glad we had it. Uh, Thank you for everything you shared today. Um, I hope we can do another chat again soon. Sure. If you're, if you're still up for it, um, (laughs) and, uh, which I, I'm just having fun doing this. I think again, we've got so many things we can keep talking about. (laughs) feels like we're just recording a conversation with friends, which is the best kind of podcast. It is. It's great. Oh, (laughs) it's just, it's been so much fun. So thank you again for your time today, Mark. Really appreciate that. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, we appreciate having you here with us on the show. Please send in any questions or comments that you have or suggestions um, uh, that you'd like Mark Mark and I to talk about or you'd like uh, Danielle and I to talk about on other episodes, you can contact us on social media or through the anchor.fm app. You can send us voice messages directly uh, that we can we can either integrate directly or just take the question and uh, and and use it in our show. Um, Mark's. Social media information is in our descriptions. We'll keep um, keep that there. And we'll be having social media posts come out shortly about this episode. And uh, so once again, thanks for listening today. And uh, we hope that you have a wonderful day wherever you are. Thanks, Adam. Bye for now.